Welcome to Bossy, Brilliant, and Badass, a weekly conversation about business, careers, and personal development designed to inspire, educate, and motivate you, and sometimes ourselves, to show up powerfully, live fearlessly, and to find and unleash your inner badass. I'm Lisa Lindsay. I'm Liz Green. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to another episode of Bossy, Brilliant, and Badass. I'm Lisa Lindsay here with my passionate co-host, Liz Green. Hey, Liz. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm awesome. So I have a question for you. What has been inspiring you in your work lately? Ooh, good question. Um, I would say in my, in my group coaching and my individual coaching, I'm really inspired by people's willingness to really open up and be themselves and really tap into their vulnerability and their um, self-care, really. Mm-hmm. That's their been ability. really inspiring to see that in, uh, in my clients. It's just, I'm just always grateful when I, when I feel like people are able to do that. Yeah. And how, and what impact has that been having on you? Um, well, it's been having a huge impact on me because I always feel like I, you know, I learned from my clients, Mm -hmm. right. It's like kind of like a co, uh, creation. And sometimes, uh, they're just really inspiring to me oftentimes to just really go out and just be really grounded and clear myself because I know that that is, you know, that's, what's going to help us become a balanced people and live our best lives. So, yeah. yeah. That's what about you? That's a great question. (laughs) I love that. What about you? I'm going to throw that right back at you. No, totally fine. Um, so what has been inspiring me lately? You know, um, it's been, I think just the world kind of opening up a little bit and recognizing that, um, Things are okay that we all got through this time that was weird um, and that was hard and traumatic in a lot of ways. And, uh, you know, just just really seeing, I think the timing of it happening too, where it's spring and summer where everything feels fresh and new, um, the timing is not lost on me as well because everything feels really great right now. Um, and that to me is inspiring and motivating in a lot of ways. So I've been working really, really hard and, you know, I don't coach as much, but um you know, it's been really good for me to be able to kind of see in my clients or potential clients, how they are thinking ahead, how they, everybody has goals and everybody is striving to those goals. So in a way, similar to you, people are taking care of themselves, but people are kind of striving to their goals and it's all business, 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 which can feel a little bit, um, what do I want to say? Kind of just kind of disingenuous or like whatever sometimes, but it's still sort of inspiring to kind of see people reaching for their goals and thinking about the good they want to do in the world. Um, Cause those are the clients that I try to work with as much as possible, but yeah. So oh, yeah, absolutely. And also too, um, just uh, piggybacking off of what you just said, we were sitting outside having a coffee at one of, you know, these restaurants that we like to go to and I, I was really struck by this group of 
like 20 people. They were all dressed up. They were all together and they were celebrating a birthday or something like that. And I was like, wow. <laughs> yeah, and of course, <laughs> that would never have struck me in this way in the past. But yeah. I'm just looking at everybody. I'm like, oh my God, there's so much togetherness and that looks so amazing. And it really made me miss that too for myself. Life, yeah. Yeah. People are, people are living a life. Um, and, you know, I, I went to the hairdresser just kind of the other day and people were dressed up. I was like, whoa, <laughs> she has on these fly boots. Oh my God. <laughs> you know, and it's, right. it's, I hadn't seen that in so long where I was envious of somebody's shoes or bag or something like that right, because right, we've right. all been kind of dressed a little schlubby, but just everybody making this kind of effort to kind of live. And I feel a little bad because it felt like people kind of stopped living a little bit or stopped living in the same way. And now we're like, yes, I'm coming out. Right. Like, so I'm out and it's summertime. (laughs) And like you said, the timing and people are dressed up and it was just like, I swear to you, I have never had a better time people watching. I'm like, wow, look, like so much better than watching a handmaid's tale or something. (laughs) which is kind of like just depressing itself but it's like just watching all these people just getting back to life and being dressed up and you know having dinner outside and it was just it's just awesome to see yeah I I think so too it's it's really inspiring it's sort of like I could go do stuff too (laughs) (laughs) right right and that's you know and just kind of getting into the conversation that um that we had with Maureen Divine Divine All it was just it was super inspiring for me because she was talking about you know making a list and what to keep and what to kill and I thought yes. that was really interesting. And I forgot to mention actually one thing, because I know we talk about this, you know, when we when we uh, talk with her, but one thing I would really like to kill, and it's not on my list, it's on my husband's, <laughs> is him freaking watching golf every Sunday afternoon. Golf. <laughs> like, can, can I kill that? Like, are we allowed to kill other people's lists as well? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> But yes, I can, I can see why you would want to kill golf off his list. Because you guys probably, because when there was no golf, right, there probably was a lot more sort of time together or something like that. Is that right? Well, he's able to watch golf as I'm podcasting. So he's loving it. So he gets that time. But at the same time, for me, it's like, okay, it, does golf season ever end? <laughs> Is it not like hockey or something like that? I think it's year round. So it's like, oh, yeah. all right, all right, all right. Enough, enough with the golf. I'm going to kill that off your list. <laughs> <laughs> that but yeah, I do like list. that. Yeah, I do like the idea of the kill and kill, uh, kill and keep list. And um, yeah, this is a time for all of us to kind of just reassess our businesses, our lives, see what's important, just kind of see what we can. Um, take for ourselves as positive from the pandemic, and there's been or and negative for me. There's been a ton of positive and some negative. But what about you? 
Yeah, I think thinking about, I, I love the conversation because it kind of forces you to think about what do you want to take into this next phase? Because really, yeah. it's just the next phase. It's the next chapter, right? Um, it's yeah. change. And we just, what are we, what are we taking? What lessons have we learned? What things have we done for ourselves? And what are we taking into the future? Right. And that's right. all that I think that that is. And that's been great conversation to have. Without further ado, we're going to, I'm going to introduce our guest. Her name is Maureen Divine All. And she is the author of the book, Make the Matriarchy. And she is the founder and principal of Candor and Company. She's a leadership coach, and she has a lot of amazing things to say. Maureen, welcome to the show. We're really excited to have you on today. Yeah, thanks. I'm so excited to be here with you guys. Welcome, Maria. Yeah, welcome. So um, we're dealing with the pandemic kind of lightening up a bit and women, female entrepreneurs are kind of getting back to where they need to be and want to be. And I've noticed, I don't know about you guys, but I noticed that for me, there's some things that I really kind of picked up over the pandemic, like just different habits and different ways that I've wanted to, you know, really kind of move forward with my business and continue to do so. And then there's other things I, you know, no, I'm not going to bring that forward. But how, Maureen, I mean, you're an expert in all this. How can we as female entrepreneurs um, move forward with what is really important to us as entrepreneurs and do that in a way that that feels right for us, but also gets us kind of back into the swing of things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love this time that we're in because it's such a time of opportunity, right? Like the world could potentially be our oyster to come back and come forward as you want to. But um, I'm also starting to see, and I wonder if you guys are as well, lots of kind of external pressures creeping in, you know, like um, there's an article I have here on my, on my desk that was like front page of the Washington Post. It says moms who don't rejoin the office risk a career stall. Mm -hmm. Like a headline that is a headline like that is such a like signaling, you know, like "Hmm," makes you wonder, is my career going to stall? Well, it's on, it's undue pressure. And, you know, I I, got to be honest, I spent a lot of years in corporate and this was always an issue for moms, right? Like just leaving to have babies was such a problem. I remember having a conversation with one of my managing partners where he basically flat out said, you know, women who have babies are unproductive for that year. And Mm -hmm. it was just such a weird conversation. So, you know, this was always an issue. And then the pandemic, I think, just heightened those issues in some very interesting ways because of childcare and remote school and all of the other things that were happening just in general anyway. Yeah, it's, it's signaling, but it also forces, I think, a lot of pressure on women who are moms, who have children, who have other caretaking responsibilities, actually, because it's not just children, um, to right. really kind of stop and take stock of what they want to do with their career. And it's forcing you to kind of choose. At least that's how I've been seeing it. Yeah. And I feel at a similar intersection with my business for sure. So like, here we are, things are kind of opening back up. People want to take meetings again, but I'll be honest. So I have a 10 year old daughter. I don't really have childcare 
nailed down this summer because camps still don't quite look the same because kids aren't vaccinated. So I myself as an entrepreneur am at this intersection of like hit the gas pedal on my business and get the pipelines flowing again and get out there and get networking and be busy. And this thing in the back of my head going, you still don't have your childcare problem solved just because school is ending. You know, you still have summer childcare issues. Um, and so I'm, I'm at this crossroads of like business childcare. What do I choose? And I think Liz, to get back to your question, I think this is a time of tremendous intentionality and, what I am hoping that we can help female entrepreneurs do is feel empowered, if you feel empowered in this intentionality and not feel like you are being pressured to make one choice or another. So um, I'm really riffing off of this whole concept of build back better. Uh, <laughs> I swear I was talking about it first. Uh, <laughs> um, I went back and, and looked, I had actually written some articles in April and May of 2020 about, you know, what I hope we learn and, you know, how I hope we think about the future of work. I did not specifically use the phrase build back better, but um, I think I was already starting to think in that vein. So, but clearly governments, communities, schools, businesses around us are going, how do we build back better? And so I think we owe it to ourselves as business owners, as caregivers, as all the different hats that we wear to also take this intentional idea of how do I build my life back better? How do I say, this is what I'm keeping. This is what's going. These are the supports and the infrastructure I need to make it possible. And like, this is the commitment I'm going to make to myself so that, you know, these external pressures don't bleed in and, and start making those choices for us. You know, I like yeah. that because I think that what it does is it also takes the, you know, companies are going to be doing whatever they're going to do, right? They're going to decide however they want to decide. Um, as entrepreneurs, we have to decide what, what we want to decide as well. And I, I like that you brought in, you know, what your clients need. Fortunately for me, I've really been focused on like clients who are remote anyway. So um, that's always sort of been my thing. Well, I'll work with somebody in California. I'll work with somebody in Illinois simply because that doesn't, I don't need to go to an office. If you're in California, you're not going to want to pay for a flight and a hotel. I like that. But I, what I really like is about the idea of, of really making sure that we as individuals are deciding what's important for us as we move forward into this next phase. What do you think? I completely agree. And I think, too, then if we get rooted in our own needs and beliefs, it's really important. Then I think we can also play a tremendous role as models to our employees, to our fellow entrepreneurs, to other women that we're networking with. Um, you know, I see this starting to happen, too. And this is culture, right? Culture is created by the collective. So if the collective all just kind of says, all right, what we were doing in 2019 worked, let's go back to that then you can guarantee that we're going to head back that direction. But I think if, you know, we can start that ripple effect of a few of us make a choice, an intentional choice, and we model that and we model it for our employees, we model it for our subcontractors, we model it for our networking circles, um, we'll, we'll build that wave of change um, that, that needs to be coming. And I think it will, it will happen in, in partnership too, as I mentioned, you know, we see a lot of things, um, governments and communities are making choices. There are policy choices happening that I think will support some of the changes um, that, that we all want and need in some of our infrastructure that surrounds our work. But, um, you know, that takes time and it's only as good as the legislators who will vote for it. So 
again, I'm like, how do we how do we wrest control that we want of the things that we need and create more of a culture shift? I think it's interesting, right? Because yeah, governments are, are going to make certain decisions. Um, I think companies are going to make certain decisions too. But what we see, and I don't know if you've seen this in the last couple of weeks, where there's been articles popping up where employees are calling BS on companies and um, or or people are quitting rather than return back to the way things were pre-pandemic. And that's because we have proven throughout the pandemic, I mean, companies have made so much money during the pandemic. So we've proven that we don't need to be in a physical space in order to be productive, in order to get things done. And as a matter of fact, a lot of people say that their lives are better. There are things we miss, right? So um, I, I think I miss a commute a little bit sometimes, um, but I've always missed a commute working from home because there's there's nothing fun about walking from your bedroom to your living room and being there in five seconds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's just so true. You know, it's like, there's little things like that. And it's kind of like getting back to, okay, so what's important to me? What do I want? What do I mm-hmm. need for not just my business, but for myself? Yeah. 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 Well, I'm, I've got excited that the Starbucks up by me has like put the chairs back out because I was me like, too. Right. <laughs> That was amazing. That was my greatest joy. I was like, oh, the chairs are out. (laughs) Yeah, that was like the big thing in my, probably my, I was going to say my day, but it was probably my week. I was like, the Starbucks put their chairs back and the bathrooms are open again. (laughs) Which now means that I can step out (laughs) for the day or for a couple of hours instead of being here the whole day. Mine, uh, last night I, I took a, you know, Saturday evening trip to Target, how liberating that was. But mine was the dressing rooms are open again, so I could actually try things on and not just have right. to buy everything, take it home, and then make a return trip back. I actually thanked the woman at the dressing rooms. I was like, thank you for reopening the dressing rooms. This really changes my life. And she was laughing. I, and, oh you know, that's God, interesting so because true. because what that highlights is that we there are some things that are going to be important for us to keep. And that's going to be really helpful for us to sort of have either a sense of normalcy or to help us, like you say, build back better, right? Some things have to stay, but some things need to change. And you talk a little bit about that. Like you talk about how do you determine then what to keep and what to kill? Like, you know, to use your language. Yeah. So yeah, this is the language I've been using because I think we, it's, it's good to have a little fun with this too, but also really spend time exploring, um, you know, what's possible and what you can make possible too. Cause I think it's easy to say like, well, I just, I got to go back to that thing because that's the way it used to be. And it's easy and really asking ourselves like, no, do I have to go back to doing that? So, so yeah, I say, I start by um, just doing what I call a keep and kill list. So like keep, what is the, what are those things that like change your life that I had one of these things. I think it was, you know, early last spring I was, I did yoga outside in my yard at like seven o'clock in the morning and it was beautiful and it was peaceful and the sun was right there. And I was like laying there, you know, soaking up the the goodness of my practice and was like, I'm never doing morning commute again. (laughs) That was like April, 2020. I was like, gosh, darn it. I'm never doing a morning commute again. I agree with you, Lisa. I'm like ready for a commute here and there um, because I, I miss that peace and podcasts and time for myself. Um, but do I want to do it every morning? No, absolutely not. I haven't you know, done that for years. But um, do I want to start every morning at 9 a.m. moving forward? Maybe not. Maybe I want to block off, you know, yoga Tuesdays and Thursdays or whatever 
or do that 7 a.m. practice because I just noticed a shift in my day. So the keep list is, is simple. What are the things that you learned about yourself, your family, your business, whatever it may be that you really want to keep and you want to honor moving forward? And then the kill list, I love. I'm like, let's talk about it. What, what do you want to take a Clorox wipe to and just like be like, never again, get that out of my life. Let's make it go away. Um, so starting with that keep and kill list and being really generous with those lists, like sky's the limit, put anything on the list um, and 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 go through that practice for yourself so you can get it down in writing. What do I want to keep and what do I want to kill? I love that practice. I'm going to do that right after this podcast is finished. Because I feel like once you put things down in writing, like you continue and like, and you, then you can really see it. You can say, okay, this is what I'm going to keep. This is what I'm going to kill. And it just becomes, you have so much more clarity around that because, you know, there are, for me anyway, throughout the pandemic, so many things that I do want to keep, things that were different from before, as you said, your yoga practice at 7 a.m. outside. For me, you know, a few different things. And then also what, you know, what do I want to do um, differently than I did before? And just being, I think it's just being really aware of being in the driver's seat as an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The step after that, I think even to really start to solidify it is, writing down is a great practice, but then also spending some time envisioning what life, what life is like, like really getting rooted in thinking forward. If I did keep my Tuesday, Thursday, you know, 7am yoga practice, how would my life be different? How did I feel on those days? How was my business impacted? How was my mindset impacted? Um, And really starting to envision life of the future again, instead of going back to what we know and potentially reverting to some of those things we didn't love, spend time envisioning if I kept everything on this list, on my keep list, what could life look like? If I killed everything on my kill list, you know, what could life really look like? So it's it's the writing and then really giving yourself that gift of, of looking forward and envisioning things for a bit. Yeah. And doing it in a realistic way, right? Like mm-hmm. if you have children, um, being realistic about that and, and maybe pulling out some of your creativity around childcare or what have you. And what does that look like? And I think that if we really honor our creativity and ourselves and we put ourselves in the driver's seat, you really can find ways to really create that life that you want for yourself Mm -hmm. and, um, and what's possible. Well, I mean, it's interesting because the keep part of my list, I haven't really talked about too much, but we all know that I went away for a couple of months in December and that's on my keep list. Like I don't <laughs> ever want to be in New York ever again in the winter, ever, right? Yeah. So that's a no brainer. <laughs> so it's sort of, and and I figured out, like you said, how my life could be different. I know how my life could be different, right? Like I felt healthier. I felt so much better in those couple of months that I was away. And not only that, I actually felt like I got more work done in some days because I got up earlier than I would when I was here. And um, there were, and now I know it's also possible because my clients were fine for three months while I was away. You know, they were able to reach me. We were able to talk. I was able to close projects for them. I didn't go to Timbuktu where there was no Wi-Fi, right? right. So, So 
I hear you. Like, um, and sometimes I, I would, I threw that in because I wanted to say, maybe try it. Like if there is a thing in your mind, um, and I think that that actually is next on your list. Like if there's a thing in your mind that you think you might want to keep or kill, like Liz was saying, figure out your creativity around that, but maybe test it out, right? Mm-hmm. Test it out because sometimes we sit in our heads or we may write something down and we don't really know what it looks like until we actually try it. And then when you try something, sometimes I feel like you figure out what the issues might be with it and what you, where you might have to tweak things yeah. right, to really make it work for you. Yeah. yeah. That's where like the process of visioning can either work for or against you. Like if you know you have a tendency to envision things and come up with like the worst, <laughs> the worst case scenario list of like, these are all the things that could go wrong. I absolutely agree with you. Same same thing. This is a time of tremendous opportunity and experimentation. And I, I do feel like this summer especially is still a window where people are kind of going, uh, you know, I'm not comfortable quite doing this yet, or they're trying to still, you know, get a little more time out of this pandemic pause or their lives are, they don't have childcare. They don't have all their infrastructure put back together where you can do that experimentation um, and figure out what's going to work for you. I agree. Cause I think, I think in a lot of people's minds, September is like the goal because mm-hmm. September is a new school year. It's a new, you know, hopefully people are going to be uh, vaccinated. Business are going to be like fully open. People are figured out some things that they want to do. You kind of want to enjoy this summer because last summer you couldn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I feel like September, I think you're absolutely right about that Marine where this summer is an opportunity for you to test the thing that you might be thinking you want to do. So, um, let's talk a little bit more about that, like making this action plan, right? Sure. So after we've figured out what we want to keep, we've written our list, we've env- we've done our visioning, um, you know, we thought about what's possible. We're going to experiment a little bit. How do we, how do we go about starting, you know? Yeah. Well, one thing, Lisa, I just want to go back for one second of this idea of like, we feel like September 1st is like coming I think that's another reason that I really love this practice and really pausing to encourage people to be intentional with this exercise, either doing it, I would say both for yourself personally. And then if you have a family or you have coworkers or whatever, it could be an exercise to go through as a group too, to make sure your group commitments are aligned. Because I don't know about you guys, I get like excited that I've got some room to play in the summer. And then some anxiety starts to creep in because I agree with you that September 1 date feels like it's looming a little bit. And I do think there are going to be a lot of external pressures and like signaling and cultural stuff going on that might push us towards things that we don't want to do. So I just wanted to go back to that for a second and really, really impress. That's that's why I think taking this time for this exercise is so important, especially if it's in service of tackling any anxiety you start to feel about like, ah, like going back to normal in the fall. I don't want to go back to normal. So, um, so yeah, so we, we do our keep and kill list. We then spend time envisioning how life can be different. We then spend some time just determining what's in the realm of possibility and just to extrapolate there a little bit further what I say is like very little should be on your impossible list because I mean, we're entrepreneurs. Like we know this pretty much everything is possible if you put your mind to it. Right. But I think so often 
um, we're maybe not willing to do that for ourselves, for our personal lives, for our family lives to be as, you know, tenacious as we may be in our businesses about determining the realm of possibility. So um, really asking folks to take each thing from the keep and kill list and put it in one of four buckets, you know, super easy, do tomorrow, a little bit harder, a little bit harder and impossible. And I say very little should be in in your impossible bucket. Um, but then after that, it's time to make an action plan. So pull those things um, off of your keep and kill list that you're really committed to. You know, the stuff that's super easy, what's the action plan? And this can look a lot like, um, you know, action planning that works for you in your business. It's the basics. It's like, what's the task? You know, who's responsible? Who owns this task? So both the leader and then I call them the co-conspirators. So if this is a routine or a something change that requires support from your family, your coworkers, your subcontractors, again, whatever realm you're doing this in, um, put down who those people are so it's clear. And then give yourself deadlines and give yourself checkpoints and give yourself, um, you know, those those next steps that are going to be mission achieved. So, you know, using my yoga example, it could be as simple as like, I've got to put it on my calendar. And then Tuesdays and Thursday mornings, I've got to block my calendar until say 10, if that's what I know I need to get the yoga done and still get my shower in and whatever my other morning routine is. And then I need to tell my husband, like on Tuesdays and Thursdays, you're doing the bus in the morning because those are my yoga mornings. So he's my co-conspirator in getting that done. Um, and then and then some deadlines for myself. So do I want to start that this Tuesday or do I need a little runway? Um, put that all out in a plan for yourself with each each item that you're looking to achieve. Yeah. Yeah. With each action that. step just sort of broken down. And I always say, go to the smallest task, right? The smallest thing you have to do. Sometimes that makes your list look longer. But when you look at that list, even though it's longer, the smallest task that you can do is so easy and so manageable because you didn't write something big, like start a yoga practice. It was like everything you just said, yeah. right? Just list it out as one task because then it's like, oh, that's easy. And oh, right. that's easy. Yeah. And it makes it really easy for you to get into that practice and keep the practice because you're not doing this overwhelming thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. When you're making your action plan. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would love to just reflect this back on you. I know you guys have both said there are some things you would like to keep and kill. I mean, if, as you're thinking through this exercise, like what's resonating for you? Well, I mean, I already said mine, right? Yeah. <laughs> Which was, I'm not going to be here in the winter ever again that I can think of. Like, it would have to be some really big stuff that I'm in New York in the winter. Uh, but, you know, one of the things that I've started to do is because I do enjoy people energy um, is if if other people are vaccinated and they feel comfortable, I've started kind of adding for the next couple of months, I've added in-person meetings for people who are here in New York. So for me now, it's starting to kind of go back out to WeWork and go back out to Starbucks's Starbucks. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, go back out to have in-person meetings with people, um, you know, and starting to put some of that time back in the day, because while working from home is great, um, there is something to getting on the train <laughs> or getting in my car and going to another location to get some work done. And um, I don't want that completely gone from my life and the way that I'm operating. So that would probably be it for me in terms of 
kill. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I kind of focus more on the things I'm going to do. Uh, they're probably bad habits. I really should like care for, but I don't know what they are at the moment. Yeah. So for me, um, a lot of, I can really identify with a lot of that, Lisa. Um, for me, definitely virtually, I'm just, I'm going to keep right. But at the same time, I, you know, I was just telling my husband this morning, I said, you know, I said, I feel like I'm at a place professionally and in my business where I just, I feel amazing. Um, everything is going great, but I feel like there's something kind of missing out of my life. And he's like, well, what do you think that is? And I said, well, it's <laughs> just like everybody else. It's socializing with people, getting out mm-hmm. there, getting out there in the world. And I really didn't realize how much of an impact that does have kind of like mm-hmm. on my happiness. I know that before, like I, I never really thought about it. And a lot of people were really struggling with not meeting up with people and losing that part of their life. For me, I really, it, it didn't bother me up until just maybe I would have to say like maybe a month ago, Yeah, <laughs> like it took a long time. And I just realized, you know what? I need to get away. I need to get out. I need to just get from behind this, you know, this, this virtual world that I'm in all day long and just really be with people. So that's my biggest thing. And, and that will happen, you know, and it is starting to happen. But the other thing is, is I go to the gym really early now and I never used to do that before. I just want to get out, you know, get done. And that started because we had to make reservations for the gym before. So mm-hmm. I forced, I had to get to the gym by 7.30 AM or I would lose this the spot and I was like, oh, this is just hell. And now I'm used to it. So that's something that I'm definitely keeping. We don't need reservations anymore. Um, the kill list, I don't really know. I, I would have to think about that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, that's something I would have to ponder over. And, you know, of course, everybody's different. But, uh, but that's one of the things, you know. Well, I think sometimes, you know, our our keep and kill list are probably two sides of the same coin in a lot of ways, right? Because if you think about the things that we're keeping, right, it's things that we're killing. (laughs) It's like we're inadvertently kind of killing it, um, which is for me not being in New York in the wintertime, right? Like the wintertime in New York made me really, really depressed and I'm killing that. I don't want to kill that. And that just phrased in the way... uh, I'm, I'm going to be keeping a practice, which is to not be here. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because I didn't want to be depressed. I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to trudge. No, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do any of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I love that you said it that way. Cause that's what I was thinking too. Like on my kill list is like 100% virtual because I think even though if you had asked yes. me probably this time last year and I was like comfy in my sweats and not going anywhere, I was like, dang, I'm like never going to meetings again. I can get it all done right here. Um, but I have grown to learn that that's taking a toll on my mental health, that when I see people in person, I have a higher energy and I perform differently. And so I'm getting intentional about like, yeah, it, it's, it's tempting because you can be faster with meetings. I can literally close one meeting and flip to the other one with not having to go anywhere in between. Like there are, there are temptations of efficiency in moving hundred percent virtual, but I'm, I'm putting that on my kill list because I know it's not good for my mental health. And no matter how tempting that is, I need to then intentionally say like, no, I'm going to try and get out and do, you know, two or three in-person meetings a week. I will say too, there's a flip, there is, there's always a flip side to all of this, but I kind of started doing that this week. 
And I learned there's, you can go overboard too. So I had, uh, you know, like a coffee on Monday, a coffee and a dinner on Wednesday and another coffee on Friday morning. And I was like, I am exhausted. (laughs) Right. It's just like, it's just like on, uh, do you guys watch the handmaid's tale? Yeah. So yes. Spoiler. Okay. Spoiler alert people. If you haven't watched the second to last, uh, episode, um, yeah, she kind of really just underestimated June, you know, acclimating back into being in person with people and, and normal life and yeah, yeah. normal life. And, and it really took a toll on her mental health. So, yeah, you have to make sure that it's a grad. I think it's a gradual process because in a lot of ways, many of us have been, you know, we don't really realize it, but traumatized. Yeah, throughout this process. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's interesting because you wouldn't think of that as trauma, Liz, but it is. It is isolation. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. So yeah, uh, getting back out with people and seeing people and meeting friends and things like that. So I have one scheduled for this week, just one, and then I'm gonna ramp that up um, as I feel. You know, I, I think it's also people as well. I want to make sure people are comfortable because a, a lot of other people are doing the same thing too. They are kind of seeding these meetings in this in-person things. As a matter of fact, I was going to be like, Hey, Liz, you want to get out? <laughs> Cause I haven't seen you in a year and a half. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so weird, isn't it? Cause <laughs> so we see crazy. each other a couple Sometimes times a week. All yeah. the time. <laughs> well, that's what's funny too. I think about these meetings, like, and this is where like checking in on, you know, your list and your practices, I think is important. I think the reason I was so tired is because I saw four people that I haven't seen in a year and a half. So our meetings were like big and like nonstop conversational. Like, and, and, we, and, we forget, <laughs> and we forget that, that, that giving of our social selves is exhausting as well. Right. Mm-hmm. So even though we need it, there's the balance of it. Like introverts for me being a full on introvert, like far to the left introvert or right, whichever direction it is like really on the end of it. Um, it's like a battery is how I describe it. Right. So I can see it's like a battery and then that battery just drains all the way out. And if you're the person who gets me at the end of the battery, you're not getting, it's not going to be fun. (laughs) And so it's tired and I need to like recharge that. Yeah. Um, And I don't want to do it too fast because I think my battery is going to drain very quickly. So, yeah. Yeah. And then just one other thing I'll add the experience of my marathon meetings this week too. I know you mentioned trauma, at some point in time, each one of us also got to a point of talking about grief, something we were really sad about that had happened during this time. My one girlfriend, her husband is a police officer, and that's been really hard for their yeah. family and their kids. You know, my other friend lost some people very close to her. So all of our conversations naturally got somewhere to talking about grief during this week. And I think that's another part, too, for us all to recognize is that this time that we're coming back, you know, we, we may want to get out and see a lot of people and, and have that on our keep list. If it doesn't feel quite right, just remember that these meetings are are big and heavy and, and we've all got trauma and grief to process together and that, you know, keep on building your practices and following what feels good. Yeah, I, I love that you said that. That's great because I don't think we're thinking about that at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Right. <laughs> yeah. That got that all. Yeah. yeah. Wait. <laughs> I'm looking at my, my list. I'm like, wait, we're we have to get to that point. <laughs> we went up, but that 
that's what I love about our kind of spontaneous conversations here is we do have a rough outline, but um, we get deep sometimes. Don't you think, Lisa? I love it. I love it. Um, all right. <laughs> All right. So, All right, uh, next step. Maureen, <laughs> next step. All right. What's your next point? <laughs> yeah. So, next step is to master time in service of change. So, um, something that I, uh, you know, have have been looking more into is this idea of time mastery. Um, instead of, you know, flexibility or all these other things we call it, like, how do we master time in service of change? So I got to it a little bit in my action plan was like, I've really got to get on my calendar and block that time and preserve it. Um, but I think getting really intentional about your day and your routines. So, um, you know, I have a little worksheet for folks where we literally go through this practice of what is your ideal day? Is it that morning workout for Liz then followed by like ample, you know, get ready commute time or whatever it may be, you know, is it protecting a lunch break? Like maybe that's a practice you picked up because you were here and you could fix a healthy lunch. And maybe you sat down and ate with whoever else was working from home and you would really like to keep that practice, you know, um, mastering that time then saying like, I'm not going to take noon meetings anymore, or you're going to block a lunch hour every day. Um, straight through all the way through the evenings. What is what is your ideal day look like? And how do you start to think about that um, in mastering your time to make that work for you before everybody else wants to, you know, creep all the other things back into your calendar? Yeah, it, it, it really what you're saying, I'm hearing at least, is really setting up your boundaries, getting clear on your boundaries, setting them up and communicating them, because I think sometimes we don't communicate them. So whether you're in the workplace or you're communicating with clients, it's sort of like this is the boundary. So I'm not going to be available from this time to this time or mm-hmm. this calendar. You know, when I'm working with clients, I kind of manage my cal- I'm a nerd about my calendar anyway. So I see what my calendar is doing. So I get to tell my client, I can meet you here and here or here and here, but nowhere else. So that gives me a measure of control. But if you're in the workplace and you've got other people who are looking at your time or at home, I guess, um, being clear and communicating those boundaries as well, sort of like you were saying with telling your husband he's got to you know, do bus duty or blocking off that calendar time on your calendar, just really getting clear about your boundaries and communicating them. Because I don't think we always communicate our boundaries sometimes. And I think too, just being conscious again of like external pressures that you Mm -hmm. may be thinking about. So as entrepreneurs, you know, it's like this idea of hustling and working more. And especially if your business took a dip this year and you feel like you need to build it back or whatnot, um, recognizing what are these external pressures that are making me think I need to to do, use my time a certain way, and yeah. do they really serve me? Do they really serve my business? Do they are they really who I want to be? Are they really why I started my business as an entrepreneur? Um, and and setting boundaries there too, because I I think that's that's the big hard one. There are a lot of external pressures telling us what a successful business looks like that yeah. we need to tackle. And the word normal in a lot of ways, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Just sometimes, you know, you know, we started talking about the new normal, whatever the case may be. And I think that that's probably a good way to use it. But this idea of normal, like who decides what normal is? Who gets to tell you (laughs) what normal is, right? And you're right. It's going to be a lot of, you you know, these CEOs writing op-eds and things like that really are making people feel uncomfortable, about the decisions that they want to make. And I always think it has to feel 
good to you. And I think that that's something we try to talk about here a lot, where it has to feel good to you and you've got to honor yourself and honor your feelings in order to really figure out how you want to make your business work in whatever way it looks like. Yeah. Or else you'll have, you know, you might end up with a great successful business, but you've kind of lost yourself kind of along the way. Yeah. The one I saw this week that just was like, come on, was um, Jamie Dimon of J.P. Morgan Chase. Literally quoted as saying, you can't hustle unless you're in person. Yes, he did say that. (laughs) And that was just one of those things where I I wanted. (laughs) But again, this is a very male, white sort of privileged thought process um, for someone who probably has a wife and I know he has tons of money. You know, I'm not going to talk about Jamie Diamond, but, (laughs) (laughs) but this is a very sort of privileged way of looking at it. Right. Mm -hmm. Because me as a black woman, that is not, no. (laughs) Okay. And, and this Twitter is like that too, where they call it LLC Twitter, where you got to hustle, you got to do this. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, you can have a perfectly fine business. It's just about what your goals are. So if my goals are to double my business this year, then yeah, I'm going to do what's necessary. And if I want a a $10 million business, then yeah, I'm going to do what's necessary to make that happen. But if that's not my goal and I'm perfectly happy with $200,000 a year, Maybe that's what it is. Then that's what it is. And I'm happy with that. And mind your damn business. That's right. <laughs> that's right. That is so true. <laughs> mind your own damn business. Yeah. Just write down, get it straight, what you want, what your dream life is. Right. Isn't that what you're saying here? Mm-hmm. Put it down and then- in writing, make a commitment or a contract you're saying is a good idea. Can you say a little bit more about that? Yeah. So, so I think this is important. What I was going to say is like, next step is to get as fired up as Lisa is about like, (laughs) dang it, this is what I want. And this is what it's going to look like. And I feel great about that. And I'm passionate about it. I'm going to protect it. So yeah, I, I do say, you know, sign a contract with yourself. We all know the power of contracts, right? Like hustling that contract and getting your client to sign that piece of paper is like, okay, yes, the terms are final. I know the scope of work. I know the fee. I know the everything we, we, I at least breathe when I get a contract signed, because then I know there are some boundaries and some certainty about the work ahead. And I think it's just as important to sign that contract with yourself. You've figured out what you want to keep and kill you figured out what's important. You have mastered, you know, time and service of change. Sign that contract. Like, yes, I understand this scope and I'm committed to it. And I'm going to make this happen. This is what the next few months are going to look like. Yeah. I love that. Love that. I love that. I like the idea of, of signing a contract with yourself. That's very interesting to me. I'm going to have yeah. to think about that a little bit. Because yeah. <laughs> I think we make that commitment to ourselves and say, yeah, I'm going to do it. But what if we actually did put it in writing and right. signed it. Mm-hmm. What would that do? That's interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Maureen, this has been excellent. I love yeah. this. Me yeah. too. It's been a great conversation, especially since things are opening up again. And it's really great to um, just really have a nice conversation about what, you know, what do we really want out of ourselves and our businesses and how can we, how can we do this? So I think this has been really helpful. I mean, at least for me, it has been. 
Yeah. Well, no, for me, a hundred percent, because even, even, you know, even though I've made certain decisions, the idea of really kind of thinking about them in a broader sense with the keep and kill list really, you know, maybe there's more things I should sit down and think about, you know, yeah. um, cause I've made a big decision already, but there's smaller decisions that probably could be very helpful to my life going forward that, I should take a look at. So I think it's been really excellent. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you yeah, so much. The, the one thing I'll add is as useful as this conversation has been to all of us, like I would encourage listeners, I say get loud and proud because I think real change comes when we all sit down and empower each other to own our decisions. And maybe when we waffle a little bit four weeks in and go, gosh, I don't really know if I can live up to this contract to like have people who know what you're trying to do and will support you and, and keep moving I really do genuinely believe that that's how we'll create, you know, culture change and, and better business practices that work for all of us. So, so listeners find your, you know, find your crew, tell them what you're working on and, and support each other in making these changes and, and check in and be each other's champions. I love that. Perfect. Thank you so much. And Maureen, thank you for being our badass of the week. Yeah. I love it. We're- well, before we go, where can people find you? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, my um, my company is Candor and Company. I do coaching and consulting for change makers. Um, I do actually have a Build Back Better um, workbook that takes you through these steps and gives you some worksheets um, that listeners can find at candorandcompany.com backslash build dash back dash better. You can download that right there. Download as many copies as you want. Hand them out to your girlfriends, your neighborhood. I don't care. I want everybody to use this time to build their lives back better with intentionality. So you can find me there. You can find me on LinkedIn. Um, uh, and I'm on Instagram at M divine all. I would love to connect with folks and keep these conversations going. Cause I think they're so important for this, for this recovery time that we're in. Great. Excellent. Thank you, Maureen. Thank you both. This was fun. That's it for us this week. Remember, you can find anything we referenced in the episode in our show notes on our website, bossybrilliantbadass.com. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, rate us, and leave a review. It helps us get found. And thank you for listening. There'll be more Bossy Brilliant Badass next week. So until then, be be a badass. badass.